Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Looks like the Florida Panthers will lose in regulation time for the first time this season. Now into the final four minutes, Rangers lead the Panthers 4-1, even though the shot's on goal 40-17, 40-17 in favor of Florida, but uh, the Rangers likely to get that one after uh, some losses through Western Canada. Capitals lead the Sabres 5-3. It is almost over. Ovechkin has scored. He has tied Brett Hall for the fourth most goals all time. And the Kings in Toronto with a 3-1 lead. John Tavares has his seventh for the Leafs. Andreas Athanasio, good old double-A, who was briefly an Edmonton Oiler, has scored his first of the season for Los Angeles. And Monday Night Football is... uh, not going well for the Chicago Bears. Final minute of the first half, the Bears have not scored. The Steelers have put up 14 points as uh, they engage in a Monday night showdown. So p- part of the fun discussion coming out of the game Friday night, where does that rank among the greatest Oilers games of all time? Now, first of all, and I said this earlier today when I was on Oilers Now, in my mind, you have to separate regular season and playoff games because the stakes are just so much higher in playoff games. They're so much more memorable. They have so much to do more to do with how you ultimately feel about the final outcome of a season. So if, if you just confine it to regular season games, I am comfortable saying that Friday night's game was one of the greatest nights ever in Oilers history, but I I didn't want to just leave that to me. So I contacted just casually, I wasn't doing anything formal, but but I, I I contacted a few people who have been you know covering the Oilers a long time and lived in Edmonton a long time, even before they were covering the Oilers. Even contacted someone who is now retired from covering the Oilers, and I just threw it out there, and the consensus was that that game is up there. Though a couple of guys definitely said they would not put it number one, and uh, the one game that they for sure placed higher was December 30th, 1981, when Gretzky got five goals against the Flyers to get to 50 goals in 39 games. It's a fun conversation to have, and we're going to continue it with Oilers Now host Bob Stoffer, who was not hosting his show today while I was on. So I had to bring you on Inside Sports, so I got to talk to you today, Bob. That's all right, Reed. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Reed, you there? How, yeah, can you hear me, Bob? I can hear you. Uh, Detroit is not doing well. That I can tell you. It is. And for the listeners, they're probably aware of the fact that uh, the city of Detroit's pretty much had negative negative population growth for the lot. There was a time in which Detroit in the 60s had 1.8 million people living downtown, and now there are about 600,000. 
So uh, we we roared into uh, the hotel. I'm not, I'll never give away what hotel we're at, but nothing mm-hmm. is open in the actual hotel. Uh, so the the bar, they have a very nice bar here. Uh, great place for lunch as well. Not open. The gift shop, not open. Okay, There's no cut. cabs outside. Let's clarify. Is that COVID-related or economy-related? I I can't. I think it's a combination too. There's okay. no cabs outside, uh, so it's it's definitely. You know that said, maybe maybe I'm underestimating. You know, like I don't know about you, but uh, Friday night after the game. It was just bumping in Edmonton. Like downtown Edmonton was, you know, I went to, I hit a couple of establishments after the game and it was packed. I went to Pub 1905 and Cam and myself uh, bumped into a bunch of other people and that place was packed and there were other establishments right around there that were packed and uh, it was, it was pretty awesome, let me tell you. In terms of my opinion, uh, you know, this is year 14, Reed, for me doing color. I think that's the most exciting regular season game I've broadcast. I mean, Sam Gagne got eight points in a game uh, for for Edmonton against Chicago. That was a fun night. The night they beat the Hawks 9-2 earlier that year, Nuge had five assists. Connor McDavid's five-point performance against the Maple Leafs in February of 2016 was exciting. The night Connor, you know, posterized Morgan Riley on that spectacular goal in Edmonton one in Toronto six to four that was a fun night but the route given everything that was going on Kevin Lowe retirement of the jersey the Hall of Famers in the house rallying from a 4-1 deficit on a night in which Miko didn't have his best stuff for me uh you know McDavid scoring unequivocally one of the three best goals I think I've ever seen him score but the most important in terms of the timing and then the overtime winner for me in the 14 years that I've done the games, that was the most exciting home ice win. And the other part of it is the fans read. Yep. The fans picked the Oilers up a couple times when they were on the, on the ropes a bit. So the fans were engaged right from Sarah McLaughlin on. It was a great night. I, I think that, and, and I talked about this with Brendan a little bit. Certainly the, the Gagne night and the Strivens night were, were memorable, but those were individual performances. Now, the team did win both those games, obviously. If you're going to have individual performances like that, your team's going to win. But you can't just look at an individual game without context. I mean, sometimes we try to do it, but it's hard to eliminate the context. And the bottom line is both the Gagne and Scrivens games were in years in which the Oilers weren't very good. And ultimately, that's what that era is remembered for. And this helps the team get to 9-1. and one, And, you know, it looks like maybe the sky's the limit for the team and a couple of the big players and all that kind of stuff. And, and I mentioned I contacted, and I promised them all that it would be anonymous, that I would just, nothing formal, and I would just use their input to help with the discussion. Um, but one of the gentlemen wrote back to me and, and said, you know, it's it's hard to process every game, but I'd have to put that in the top three. And he wrote that it was a mixture of sports and theater all rolled into one. And I thought that was a great way to put it for fun. Oh, yeah. There's no question. I mean, we saw what's likely going to be the goal of the year and the context and timing of that goal. I mean, it's funny because we had, you know, Tyson Berry did the availability. No one mentioned it to him yesterday, but he, he the game tying goal had a good chance. And, uh, and I, hey, if Miko's on his game, that might be a. It started shisterkin. Okay, I think we're losing Bob. 
Kellen, let's get uh, Kellen, let's get Bob on the phone to to finish up because he's starting to sound like a bit of a auto tune. Sometimes that happens. We use a internet connection basically to do some of our interviews and usually it works well and you get good sound quality but every once in a while you get a little bit of a connection like that so we will ring up bob and and get him on the line yeah some of the other games that were mentioned to me by the folks i uh i contacted some of the other games i mentioned by the folks i contented uh contacted uh the night patrick stefan missed the empty netter and then (laughs) then hemsky uh scored um Gretzky extending his point streak do you remember this one one Gretzky extending his point streak to 43 games in Chicago he got an empty netter in the dying seconds uh another person referenced that but to me those are great moments as opposed to like good games front to back because I think you also have to give the Rangers credit for how they played I mean they had some they 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 carried the play for some times and they showcased some skill as well well the Oilers you know, got worked in the first half of that game, and then it was Edmonton who dominated the back half of the game, Reed. So, to me, and I don't mean to disparage the past, uh, you know, the thing about Gretzky back uh, when he when he got the 50 and 39, we didn't know how good Edmonton was going to be. I mean, they, they beat Montreal, took the Islanders to six in the previous playoffs that year. And and then in the 81-82 season, away you go, and, and suddenly they're... You know what? That might be, to me, the best comparable, thinking about it, because they were on the precipice of becoming a pretty good team. Like, Reed, I think we're watching an Oilers squad that theoretically, assuming there's not significant injury to McDavid or Dreisaitl, they've got three more first-round picks coming, right, between Broberg, Holloway, and Borgo, who, by the way... Had a little bit of a scare this week. He is leading the Quebec League in scoring, but he had to miss. Got held out of for precautionary reasons Saturday's game, but he has been cleared to return. So they got more guys coming to add to their mix, but I think the Oilers are on the precipice of having a four- or five-year run of 50-plus wins. And so when I think back to what Gretzky did that year and elevating and scoring the 15-39 and then breaking Phil Esposito's record, that might be the best comparable in term because that team had emerged in 81-82 as a really good team, as the dominant team in Smythe. I know they lost L.A. in five, whatever. But, you know, from that point on, they were, they were for the next eight years, they, they were a threat every year to win the Stanley Cup. And so I can tell you right now, uh, I know this because I, I know what sort of conversations were really existed uh, with the Oilers on this trip. There is way more interest than normal on Edmonton. And I, and I say that as a team that's had McDavid and Dreisaitl the last two hard trophies. But I think the sense is from league sources, from the ESPNs and the TNTs of the world, the comeback against New York, a 9-1 start, that, you know, the Oilers are going to be, they might be the best team in the Western Conference. And so combining the performance of the team, the caliber of the goal, the rally, you know, maybe maybe the best comparable might be to 1981 when Gretzky got five in uh, in game number 39 against the Flyers. Okay, I'm going to throw another one at you here. And you and I are both big football fans. I'm not into the NCAA, but you are. But we watch a lot of NFL. And we have talked, I mean, for a decade, ever since I was producing your show, about the increase in offense, emphasis on offense in the NFL, rules that benefit quarterbacks on offensive players. Given, and, and I referenced, and you said it, the Rangers give them credit for how they played, and they hemmed the Oilers in and played with energy and tempo. 
are we starting to see like is this the true arrival of some of the rule changes the league has been making the past 10 or 15 years like now players are coming up rob said it friday night there's players who have played minor hockey from when they were five or six and there's never been clutching and grabbing and there's never been an expectation to fight it's all been skill tempo go 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 are we starting to see that not just with the oilers but perhaps with around with with some of the good teams around the league uh well there's one problem with that and that's that the league that are the, the individuals that are in significantly important roles uh that oversee and are the oversight on officiating they're old school like colin campbell was at the kevin low event thursday he's an old school guy like he, he's still a guy that believes that stars have to play through checking so i i would suggest to you that the next regime change that takes place in that area will totally facilitate facilitate what you're suggesting but all i'm going to tell i'm going to say point blank and i know that it's been brought up like the oilers have got a power play goal light in every single game so far this year yep but it's not like they're getting four or five power plays a game they get their one or two power plays a game and they score on they score and then the whistles go away and and people say oh stop or quit your complaint no I'm, I am going to I am going to complain a little here, because by not calling some of the stuff, they are actually directly impacting the game. And so I would suggest to you, Reed, that if we get somebody at the league level that further enforces, hey, we're going to allow skill to rule a day in our league. And I don't currently believe that exists right now with the sort of you know the guys like Colin and, and Mike Murphy that are a little bit more old school. Until we get people that think that way. I'm not convinced it'll be totally uh, the offense will be totally open up the way it has in NCAA college football and, and NFL. I mean, just the targeting rule alone and the protecting of the quarterbacks. I, I don't see that in hockey. Like I, you can you can still sit there and interfere and 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 come underneath guys, take guys' feet from under them, and and I mean Connor is such a unicorn because he's so fast and electrifying and capable of doing things with his hands that nobody else can do. But I don't see him getting that many. I mean, how does a guy play eight playoff games and not get a single call? So maybe a little bit in terms of the skill set of the younger players, but until the officials stop managing the game and, and actually officiate the game, I don't think there'll be a total buy-in yet. All right. Uh, quickly, what do you expect from Ryan McLeod if and when he gets into the lineup? I, I just want to see him play with confidence and pace and tempo. Finish a hit once, you know, a check once in a while. I don't know if he's going to get in tomorrow. Sometimes what happened, Reed, when Tippett had the team before, we were traveling, um, and they call a guy up. Is the guy wouldn't be in the lineup the first day. They'd let him get settled in, and then he'd play the second game. So I'm not sure he's going to play it tomorrow. But he's got to do. He's got a window here. He's got a four to six week window. He's got a chance to really establish himself carrying forward in the organization. Bob, you know what's exciting? We get to be on the radio together again tomorrow. Oh, I know. People are waiting with breathless anticipation. <laughs> hey, enjoy your Monday night in Detroit, buddy. I'm, I'm in the hotel room watching the Leafs and the uh, Kings on the NHL Network, and I'd like nothing more to see LA seal the deal here against Toronto. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm watching this one, too. Take care, man. See ya. Bye-bye. That is Bob Stoffer, Oilers Now, noon to 2 every day here on 6.30, Chad, and, of course, the color analyst for the game broadcast on Chad and the Oilers Radio Network. Always a blast to have Bob on the show. You know what's always a blast? Oh, I bet you've been waiting for this one. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I haven't done it for two or three weeks. Long overdue. We will name the animal when we get back to Inside Sports. There we go. Track three on Def Leppard's classic album, Hysteria, from 1987, Animal, which brings us into our award-winning segment here on Inside Sports called Name the Animal. So what's going to happen is Kellen Kennedy will broadcast the sound of an animal. Either he has it on tape or he went to the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary and has brought a live animal into the studio who is now at the microphone with a headset on, ready to make its noise. And then I will try to name that animal. If, if you want to participate, you can, but there is no award for helping me. It's just purely for the high level of intelligent entertainment that we offer on this show every weeknight from 6 to 8. All right, Kellen, yes. I am ready to name the animal. All right, here we go. Name the animal in three, two, one. That's uh, an elephant passing gas. No. <laughs> okay, so it's not, it's not a flatulent animal. Then. Oh my! Is is it an ox? It is not. No. Is that close? It's a member of the same family-ish. Same. Is so? Is it some sort of bovine type animal? Yes, some sort of bovine type animal. Is it a bull? No. Is it a water buffalo? No. Is it a bison? It is not a bison. We played a bison on Friday. No? Well, I just thought maybe you'd go with the bison again. What could it? Is it a yak? It is not a yak. Am I, but I'm in the general area? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it do, is. Do you, th- do you think I've ever seen one of these in person? Definitely. If you've lived in Western Canada for some period, you've seen one of these in okay, person. Okay, so it's not, a, it's, it's not a cow or a bull. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a yak. It's not a bison. What the heck is? But it's similar though. So what I mean, did I say muskox? Yeah, I said ox. Uh, is it an antelope? No. <laughs> if an antelope sounded like that, I'd be running the other way. Well, but. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, hey, I've learned from this that not all, all animals sound the way. I, you got to give me a good hint here because we're running out of time. And now, hey Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. That's your hint. Oh, what's what was Rocky? Uh, moose? There you go. Yep, that's oh, that it. that was a moose. That's a bullwinkle to moose. Uh, I should have got that. I feel shame. <laughs> I feel a lot of shame. I should have got that. 
or much <laughs> earlier. I'm sorry, everybody. I let you all down on uh, name the animal. The Rangers win, but man, the Panthers made it interesting. They got two goals in the final two minutes, but the Rangers hang on to win 4-3. So the Panthers are now 10-1-1. Capitals over the Sabres 5-3, and with about eight and a half minutes left, the Kings lead the Maple Leafs 3-1. Early third quarter, Steelers 14, Bears 3 on Monday Night Football. It was, how did I not say moose of all the obvious, like I'm going water buffalo and, and like all these more obscure uh, animals, and I couldn't get moose. Used to have moose wander into the yard when we lived north of Evansburg. Right. I have not had a I have not had a moose in my yard here in Edmonton yet. Yeah. There was that. Where was that? That moose went into the school last week. Was that in Saskatchewan somewhere? Yeah. Somewhere it's somewhere in Saskatchewan. The moose decided to go to school. Probably had a library book. It had to return. Okay. Oilers now with Bob from noon to two tomorrow. Face-off show at four. Game at five thirty. Oilers at Wings. Thanks for listening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.